Good morning. Good morning. Hello and welcome everyone. We're glad that you're here today. Glad that you've chosen to be in the house of the Lord, that you've come to worship our risen Lord and Savior today. We are indeed glad that you're here. If you're a visitor with us, if you would text the word welcome uh, to 704-459-5575. That's in your bulletin and it's also uh Friends that are watching online, uh, it should be going across the bottom of your screen as well. Again, we're glad that you're here. Just a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, the Honduras bags. Uh, we still have some out, I think. Uh, Susan, is that right? Okay. So if you took a bag, please, please get it back uh, the first part of this week. Uh, the Actines will go through them, make sure everything's okay, get them set up to be, to be shipped out. They're going to be picked up uh, uh, this week, the end of this week, I think. So um, please get those back uh, the, the first of this week so they can take care of that maybe Wednesday night or sometime throughout this week. Also, there are a number of Life Group Bible studies that are beginning this, uh, this week on Tuesday morning. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and Sunday night, next Sunday night. So uh, uh, make sure there are sign-up sheets uh, for those uh, outside on the information table outside the office and uh, in the Hope Center. Great ways to uh, j just to learn what God wants you to do with your life and to build community with those around you. And also the greatest treat festival today uh, from 4 to 6. So there'll be no services or activities tonight. Um, just a great way for us to minister to the to the community uh, through that. So a lot going on. Make sure you get plugged in and, and serve uh, where God wants you to serve. Let's begin our time of worship today with uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we do thank you, God, for, for your amazing grace. God, for the grace that, that's beyond our comprehension. God, we thank you for your love, for your unconditional love for us, even in our rebellious hearts, God. You still love us. You still want us. You still desire to have fellowship with us. And God, we're so grateful for your mercy. And Father, today we come to worship you because of that. And so God, we, we lift up your name today. And we worship your holy name because you and you alone are worthy to be worshipped. God, we love you, and we thank you, God, for being here today, and may our worship be pleasing in your sight. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
praise the Lord. Bless God today. I've been singing about grace today, uh, God's amazing grace. And today is Reformation Sunday, and that is what the Reformers believed in, was the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Reformation Day is memorialized on October 31st. Uh, every year, it was on this day in 1517 that a, that a German monk named Martin Luther became disgusted with a number of uh, activities in the Catholic Church. Amen. Primarily, the Catholic Church was offering for sale the indulgence of penance, and that just simply outraged him. In other words, the Catholic Church was selling forgiveness. They were... I guess supposedly saying that you could buy your way out of hell or pay your way into heaven. This so angered him, it built up in him and it came to a boiling point that on this day he he went to the Wittenberg Castle Church and nailed his 95 theses to the door. And, and, And the 95 theses was a list of concerns that he had against the Catholic Church. Number one was that The essence of the list was that salvation was by faith alone, was by faith and not by works, nothing that you could do or or pay your way into heaven or or out of hell. He was also just concerned about the overall corruption within the Catholic Church. And then another thing was the the centralization of the Bible. In response, uh, you might imagine that the Catholic Church was not very happy. Okay, and so, so they excommunicated him, and, and that led to the uh, Protestant Reformation from which the Baptist faith came from. Amen. The key reformers of that were Martin Luther, uh, Cal, uh, John Calvin, and Ulrich Zwingli. And uh, again, the Reformation teaches that forgiveness is free, that God offers forgiveness to us, and it's free. It's, it's a gift. Not, not paid for. It's given by God and not bought by man. Right. It also paved the way for, uh, for, for the Bible to be translated into the language of the common person so that they could read it and understand it for themselves. Today the entire Bible is translated into over 700 uh, uh, languages. Think about that. The New Testament has, has been translated to, to 1,551 languages. Man, I would dare say that there's probably a half a dozen different uh, translations here this morning that different people are using. You've got the the NIV and the King James and the New King James and uh, the New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible, the Christian Standard Version, the English Standard Version. Those are all some of the main ones that are popular today. But regardless of the translation, they all tell the story of Jesus' love for us. They all tell the story of of our sinfulness. They all tell the story of God's grace and our redemption. Praise God for for that. If you will, turn with me to John chapter 3, and we're going to look at, at a very familiar verse today. Our series in in series 316 takes us to one of the most popular, most recognized, and most memorized verses in the Bible, John 316. You're probably familiar with it. I would hope you are, but 
But do we know the context in which it's found? We find in John chapter 3 that, that uh, Jesus is, is witnessing to Nicodemus. And you've got to remember that as familiar as we are, I mean, we've heard this verse time and time and time again, haven't we? Hundreds, if not thousands upon thousands of times. But, but we've got to remember that Nicodemus was hearing this verse and this passage for the very first time. You see, Nicodemus was a, was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of, of the Jews. We read in this passage that, that he also <clears throat> acknowledges Jesus as God. He also gets a little confused when, when Jesus tells him that he's got to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. And so pay attention as we, as we read through that this morning. In John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, now, now, now right there, let's stop right there. He came to Jesus. Amen. Okay? He sought Jesus out. He came to Jesus and says that he came at night. Now several people have speculated that, that there's some... Uh, sinful nature there which obviously is true uh, maybe he just didn't want to be seen by his contemporaries since he was a fair seed maybe he didn't want other people to see him but nevertheless he came to Jesus at night and he calls him rabbi okay and then he goes on he says we knew or we know you are a teacher who has come from God okay so he is acknowledging right there that that, that he is from God that he is a one sent by God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now here Nicodemus is standing before God, completely confused. Again, think about this. Somebody's telling you for the very first time that you've ever heard this, you've got to be born again. What's going to go through your mind? The same thing that goes through Nicodemus's mind. It says, how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless... He is born of the water, born of water and the Spirit. You see, they were already in the practice of baptizing. Remember, John the Baptist was baptizing when Jesus came on the scene. We looked at that a, a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and it was a Jewish ritual for for people to, to go into the into the pools and and cleanse themselves. And so the the idea was there, but this was different. Jesus said you had to be baptized by water and the Spirit. And so he continues on <clears throat> in verse 6 and he says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised in my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked? You are Israel's teacher, Jesus said, and you do not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we've seen, 
But still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. That is the Son of Man. So Jesus was like, you can't even believe, you can't even take in and, and, and comprehend what's happening right before your eyes. How can you believe what's going on in heaven? What, what, how can you believe what I'm telling you is happening in heaven? Amen. Yes, people die and they go to heaven. And others may talk about heaven or guess about heaven, but I came from heaven. I am the testimony from heaven. I am the one that, that knows heaven and I have come to earth. And then he says in verse 14, he says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Now here he is talking to Nicodemus, and all of a sudden he throws something in about Moses and and a snake being lifted up. Where does that come from? Well, it goes back to to Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. Um, and, and, and that passage is a, is a veiled prediction of Jesus' death on the cross where He will be lifted up and people will look upon Him. He says in, verse, in, in Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 9, He says, When the people of Israel set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, but the people grew impatient with the long journey and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here. There's nothing to drink. And we hate this horrible manna. And so the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people and they were bitten and died. Verse 7 says, Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. And all who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. And so Moses made a snake out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by by a snake could look at it, at the bronze snake, and be healed. You see, just as the people looked at this bronze snake they were, here, were healed physically and would live. Those people who, the people who looked to Jesus who was lifted up on the cross, they will receive healing and will live and will have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. And going back to John chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, after saying all that, he says, for, it says Jesus, for God loved the world. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting, Everlasting eternal life. Amen. 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 This is the entirety of the gospel. This, is, this sums up the entire gospel in, in just one verse. Right. This morning, I want to walk through this verse word 
by word. So let's just start at the very beginning. Four. <laughs> okay, what's, what can you say about four? Well, four is a, is a simple word that, that explains that what was just talked about is going to be explained. And what, he had just, what had he just talked about? He talked about Moses being lifted up uh, on a cross. Any person who looked upon the serpent would live. And, and notice here that the desired cure would not happen simply by believing. But what did they have to do? They had to look at the cross. They had, they had to look at the snake. And so it is in the New Testament. In order to live, in order to have new life or eternal life, we have to look upon Christ and believe. For God. For God. God. This acknowledges His divine nature. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is the, is the Father. God is eternal. God is, is everlasting. God is the creator and sustainer of life. God never changes. God is faithful for God. For God so loved. He loved. Unlike the, the pagan gods of the day they were, who were vicious and, and cruel, they were cold and indifferent, but the God of the Bible is a loving God, a compassionate God, a God who wants fellowship with us. <clears throat> it says, for God so loved. He had compassion on, on the sinful people. Amen. See, love gives, doesn't it? Love is, a, is giving. It doesn't require sacrifice. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, <clears throat> it says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is what? God is love. In 1 John 4, 19, we love because He first loved us. And in 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. The world, everybody in the world. The Greek word here for the world is, is cosmos. It's, it's a literal sense. It means the, the orderly universe created by an intelligent God. It means encompassing everybody in the earth, on the earth, in this planet, in the world. God loves the whole world and wants everyone to be saved. He wants to spend eternity with everyone. He will not force Himself on you though. We all have the choice whether to choose God or not choose God. Choose heaven or choose hell. Choose God or choose ourselves. Choose God's way or our way. For God so loved the world. In, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. 
You see, not everybody's going to choose the Lord. Not everybody's going to choose Christ. But those who do will have eternal life. And 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to wind up in hell. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He resurrected Him from the dead so that we could trust in Him, so that we could believe in Him and have everlasting life. He says He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. To turn from their worldly ways, from turn to their selfish ways. For God so loved the world, He loved us all. He doesn't want anyone to perish. For God, God so loved the world that He gave. That He gave. You know, thankfully the, the, the summer is coming to an end and, and, and the mosquitoes and, and all those things are kind of uh, going into hibernation now and dying off and moving off wherever they go. But think about ticks and mosquitoes and biting flies and parasites. They, they, they suck the blood out of their victims, don't they? And they're hated because of their irritating nature. They take continually, don't they? They take from others. That's all they do. The only thing they give in return is pain and discomfort and, and sickness. Folks, one of the greatest truths we could know about God is that He is a giver. Amen. He is a giver. That's right. he, he, he gives us food. He gives us water to sustain us. He gives us material uh, to build homes with, to build, shel to build uh, shelter with. He provides clothing for us. Amen. Come on, he provides for us. He meets our, our needs. In Psalm 85 verse 12, it says, Yes, the Lord will give what is good. The Lord gives what is good. He can only give what is good. In James 1, 7, it says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from, a good, is from above. Coming down from the Father of, of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He is constant. He is faithful. He is a true giver. In Psalm 16, verse 2, the psalmist says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. All goodness comes from a giving God, a loving God who loves us. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. His, His only Son. What if it had said, for God so loved the world that He gave His Son? It says His only Son. And that little word only tells us something crucial about the Lord Jesus Christ. The King James Version translates uh, John 3.16, uh, His only begotten Son. What does that mean? Only begotten means one and only. It means absolutely unique. There can be no duplicate. 
one of a kind. That's who Jesus is. He's unique unto Himself. He, there's nothing, nothing like Him that never has been and never will be. And that term stresses the, the absolute unique nature about Jesus Christ. God gave His best. He gave His one and only Son to redeem us, to allow salvation to come through Him because it was the only way. He was the perfect gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, whoever, salvation is open to anyone. It's available to everyone. It's an option for whoever believes in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this means that the free gift of salvation is open for anybody, anywhere, anytime if they'll receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That means right here today. It means wherever you are might be watching. It means right here today can be the day of your salvation, the Bible tells us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. Jesus is waiting on you to come back to Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes... In Him. Whoever believes. Salvation is whoever believes in Jesus' one and only Son. The one who believes that Jesus lived a sinless life. The one that believes that Jesus died a horrendous death on the cross. That shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Who believes that God raised Him from the dead. The one who believes in that and puts their faith and hope and trust in Him will have eternal life. Praise God. Have you done that today? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ today? Is He your personal? Is He your friend? Do you know Him personally? He wants to know you. More than just head knowledge, He wants to know you at a heart level. Let me ask you today, do you know Him from a heart level? You see, Satan knew Him. Satan believed in Him. He believed that Jesus was the Son of God. But he didn't put his faith and trust in Him. The Bible says if we do that, we have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. That's a shouting word right there. That we shall not perish. We shall. You shall not perish. You're not going to be eternally separated from God. You're not going to be cast into hell if you choose Christ. They'll not perish if they choose Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. But those who reject Christ, they will spend eternity in hell. And I saw something this week. It says the place prepared for Satan and his demons is hell. It's a place where God will not exist. And that's what makes it hell because God will not be there. That there's no air in hell because God is the breath of life. There is no peace in hell because God is the, is the prince of peace. There is no comfort in hell because God is the comforter. There is no love in hell because God is love. And there is complete darkness in hell because God is light and the light of the world. Amen. 
So we choose today, we choose in this life, heaven or hell. We choose Satan or we choose Jesus. And you see that choice between heaven and hell is made in this life. It's made now before this time on earth ends for you and for me. Let me ask you again, have you made that choice? If you have, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His, His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. Glory. The one who chooses Christ chooses life, eternal life. You will spend eternity with a restored and glorified body. You will spend eternity in heaven with God. In the presence of God. You'll spend eternity experiencing the goodness of God. You'll spend eternity in the peace and the presence and the goodness of God Almighty. Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? He came to save us while we're still sinners. Not to say we got to get all cleaned up. we got to get better before we get saved. It says while we were still sinners, Christ saved. My friend, have you come to Christ today? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? It continues on in John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. And whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Do you believe in Him today? He says, If you believe in Him, you are not condemned. But, but, Whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Folks, salvation is by God's grace through faith in Christ alone. Let me tell you today that that God loves you. And that's the message. That God loves you. And He wants you to spend eternity with Him. Not separated from Him. And He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross to redeem us, to make it possible for us to have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians chapter chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved. For it is by grace, God's grace, God's amazing grace, that you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourself, it's a gift. It's a free gift of God. Not by your works. You can't do anything to earn it. You can't buy your way in, out of, into heaven or out of hell. It's not by your works. It's a free gift of God's grace. Amen. This is not from yourself. It's a gift of God. Not by your works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You see, it's the cross of Christ that makes all of this possible. 
It's the resurrection of Christ that allows us to have that hope of eternal life. Without the cross, without the resurrection, we have no hope. But because of the cross, we have the hope of eternal life. And so let me ask you today, do you know where you will spend eternity? Do you know? Do you know where you'll spend eternity? You say, but Russ, I'm on the roll here at church. Or Russ, I was baptized, but do you know Jesus? That's the question. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Him? If not, the Bible says today is the day of your salvation. Maybe you're on the church roll. Maybe you've walked through the waters. But maybe today is the day to say, I am His and He is mine. Do you know where you will spend eternity? (laughs) Have you put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus? Will you spend eternity? Will you spend eternity separated from God because you never made that choice? You never made that decision? Or will you spend eternity with God? The choice is yours today. And if you've never made that decision before, I want to ask you to do that. And maybe if you have made that decision before, you're telling me today, Russ, I know I'm going to heaven. And let me challenge you today to tell somebody this week that Jesus loves them. To know Him and to make Him known to the world around us. Let's pray together. Almighty God, what a powerful, powerful verse to be reminded that, that You love us all, that you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for anybody and everybody whoever would choose you and Lord it seems like such a no brainer but still there are people that will rather choose to do things their way choose to live life led by their own desires given to themselves and not to you. Father, we pray today, God, that you would allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, to speak into our hearts. Lord, that you would bring brokenness, confession, and repentance. Hear our hearts, Lord, and hear our prayers as we lift them up to you. Of course, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.